Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Monsters podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Chris Krogman, Joe Gaither, and Luke Barry. Discussing all topics, Chicago Bears. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Bears fans all around the world. We are live for another episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast, a big part of the Believe Network. We appreciate the Believe Network putting us on each and every week. Our friends, Lucas Berry, Chris Krogan, and myself, Joe Gaither, we're here to continue our Chicago Bears offseason talk. We've got a little rookie mini camp to get into tonight, and then we'll go talk about our schedule release coming up, uh, a bunch of our new guys coming in over the week and getting some some coaching over the, uh, over the weekend. So we'll talk about how the rookies assimilated uh, at their first time at Hall- uh, House Hall. Uh, but before we get into that, let's find out how our friends are doing. Lucas Berry, what's going on, man? How are are you doing? I am doing well. Happy to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, it seems like after so much news coming in all at once, we are back to almost a dead part of the season, kind of. I mean, it's it's rookie mini camps, it's a schedule release, but nothing too major going on, newsworthy uh, for now. So we'll dive into it. Uh, Chris, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a day boys but we're here uh we get to talk some football uh one's veteran mini camp joe you're usually all over with the uh the off-season schedule isn't veteran minis camp usually like a couple of weeks after and the dead part of the year doesn't really start until like june and then end of july is like when training camp and preseason starts to roll I'll look it up right now. Joe, tell us how you're doing. Don't oh, I'm doing good. I'm looking there. up the, the – no, I was looking up uh, Veteran Minicamp when it, was, when it was. I'm doing good. Um, uh, yeah, we are in that in that time of the season where the NFL news never stops, but it is kind of a slower time. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to uh, take a new job here pretty soon. And I'm, I, I, Look, you guys can let me know, like, what's been – because I've been all Twitter's been kind of crazy uh, over the last handful of weeks and months or whatever. What's what, what? How how are the Bears fans feeling about this draft class? I know how us three are feeling, but you guys talk with you guys talk with a lot more Bears fans than I do. How are they feeling about this draft class? And then with the rookie mini camp, I guess ahead of ourselves, we need to ask Chris Krogman how he's doing. But but I'm kind of wondering kind of what is the expectation now that the draft has been settled? So, so Chris, tell us how you're doing. What are your expectations for 2023? He, he told us he had a hell of a day, man. But he's here. Joe's internet had a hard day too, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I, what my expectations of this draft class 
so I expect Darnell Wright to start at right tackle. He's probably going to struggle at times, but be an upgrade over anything we had last year. Uh, I think Dexter and um, Stevenson, the second rounders, are going to be – well, Stevenson's going to be an upgrade over Vildor. I think he'll start on the outside and be solid to good. And then um, Pickens, their third rounder, rotate with Dexter, rotate back and forth between three tech, one tech, and then Justin Jones in the mix as well. Uh, so I, I think that you know the first three rounds is what we you know mostly talked about all offseason is going to be solid, and then it's going to be interesting to see where Tyler Scott and uh, Roshan Johnson find themselves throughout the season, mid-season, and, and kind of beyond. But I think it was a good class overall. Uh, the biggest question is going to be, you know, Jalen Carter. But again, for everybody like that is talking shit about the Bears not taking him, we will never, ever know how his career would have panned out in Chicago. Uh, more news came out this week where uh, Seattle said they got scared off of him just because he was too hard to read. He didn't have any emotions uh, throughout the entire draft process, uh, kind of meaning he didn't sound very remorseful for the accident that happened. Um, if any of that's true, or if you're not sure, you can't take him, especially if you're Chicago. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, Bulldog North can take him, obviously, because they can, you know, babysit him until he grows up or is a backup for the rest of his career, but we'll see. I mean, whatever, hopefully he gets his life together or is what everybody wants him to be. Um, yeah. Lucas, what are your expectations overall? Well, I think you did a, a phenomenal recap there um, of, of the draft and kind of what, what occurred. And Joe, to answer your question about, I guess the general consensus of bears fans, I think, a majority of Bears Twitter has this draft has kind of been like a nice Xanax form. Like they're nice and chill now. Um, <laughs> they're not complaining. You know, the, the offensive line guys are, you know, happy as a pig and slop about Darnell Wright starting. You know, there's no issues there. I'm not hearing about the candle and protect Justin Fields all the time, although we could use a little more depth, but not the end of the world. Um I think mostly everyone is pretty satisfied. I think the biggest questions I'm seeing are are kind of revolving around Pickens and Dexter, and I guess the general consensus is that uh, the Bears took two players in the second round who are athletically ahead of their actual production on the field and that they're kind of betting on traits. But, I mean, in the second round, there's not really guys who outproduce their athletic production at that point either, and that's the time to take those risks, so... Um, it's all calculated and I think everyone's kind of cool with how everything transpired. And now the, the biggest thing people are bringing up, but they're actually okay with it. You know, I even see some people who are generally more negative agreeing that polls admitted it, that you can't fix every hole in the off season is, is edge rusher. And, uh, there's still a few guys out there. The bears could possibly sign, including Yannick Clowney, you know, our old friend, Leonard Floyd, Frank Clark, if the Bears want to go that route, but I doubt it. Um, so we'll see. But I, I would say people are generally pretty happy, Joe. 
Well, I'm pretty happy as well. And I, I just, you know, so sometimes I stay unplugged from uh, the fan chatter because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it becomes uh, too unbearable, as you guys experience a lot of the time. As we were kind of getting into rookie minicamp, you get all kinds of positive reports from, you know, scouts, from oh, everything I'm reading is, oh, this player did great. Tyreek Stevenson did great. Stevenson versus Tyrell Scott was a battle to watch. And Pickens was, you know, absorbing the coaching he was receiving. De- Dexter as well. Dexter spending time at the one one tech and three tech bouncing back. So like, you get great reports out of this weekend so i don't really know like is it valid how true how 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 how, how much you can really take from all the sunshine and there's roses. not too much there's right, really right. not too much well let me let me throw this at you guys with uh with the draft behind us and now kind of our consensus in agreement with the bears what do we think about the division what do we think about our chances take that step forward i mean i i i know last year your number one pick overall three wins and I guess if you guys remember listening to this show, I was sitting here saying, oh, six, seven, eight, nine wins, ten wins as an optimistic fan. So, like, you look at the, around the division, the Packers shipped off our mortal enemy. The mm-hmm. Vikings uh, drafted Jordan Addison, and they're kind of still they, – I no, no, no idea what they're going to do with Dalvin Cook. The Lions had an interesting draft, uh, but the Lions still are dangerous. How are we, Krogman, how do you feel about the Bears and the rest of this division? Well, I think the Bears are improved offense more than defense. And that they're in the mix for second, probably, maybe third, uh, depending on the Vikings and Packers. I mean, I they could still finish dead last. I mean, it's really anyone's game uh all possibilities need to be considered joseph we're not gonna be a uh rose-colored glasses podcast over here lucas well look at the the losses from last year like you've got a one possession game to the giants a playoff team one possession game to the vikings one possession game to the commanders uh Blow out, blow out. One possession game to the, the Dolphins. One possession game to the Lions. Same with the Falcons. So, like, you've got just the three wins. My point is a bounce here, a bounce here. One possession game with the Philadelphia Eagles. A bounce here, a bounce there. I know the season was awful, and the, res- like, the results were awful. I mean, thank God we got the number one pick. But can we not get a couple of these bounces and have the improvement and see those three wins? Take us into the wild card conversation, Lucas. Um, to answer your question about the division as a whole, I think I've said this before. I think it's the Lions division to lose. But then again, I also don't trust the Lions to win the division because they are still the Lions. Um, I just think the gap. I mean, Chris, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think I could see the Bears finishing anywhere from second to fourth. But there's that the cluster of the Vikings, the Packers and the Bears are all very close together. Um, I mean, I know Minnesota was one of the better teams in the NFC last year, but frauds ugh, on paper. paper yeah. I, I mean, Joe, you talk about the one possession games. That was Minnesota last year, except they won all their one possession games and right. kicked long field goals. And yes, they have a great, you know, they have Justin Jefferson. who's the best wide receiver in football, arguably. 
Um, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, they kind of blew, blew it up a little bit. Um, you know, there's three, there's almost three semi rebuilding teams in this division right now. So I think it's wide open. I could see any range of outcomes, but yes, the bears should definitely be fighting for a wild card. And I kind of, I mean, the bears are still going to have a lot of young players playing. There's no doubt about that. And the defensive line is, is going to be an issue, but we're hoping that with both of these second round picks, we can at least somewhat filter teams into doing like last year, the bears were just so bad versus the run. And now oh. you add two defensive linemen who aren't the best pass rushers right now, but you're just hoping they can help stop the run. You add some linebackers. So really, I, I think if the bears aren't competing for that wild card, you know, we might have some bigger issues questioning who this Justin Fields guy is. Cause I think he is good enough. And I do think there is enough around him to kind of, we we have to see him kind of take that next step this year, and and if he does, the Bears should be in that five to seven win range at least. You set up this next piece talking about Justin Fields. Our man Dan Orlovsky of ESPN recently came out saying that Justin Fields is going to be in the MVP conversation. He said he may not win it, comma, but he's going to be in the MVP conversation. All right, with that as a backdrop and Justin Fields going back to Ohio, going back to Columbus, Ohio this weekend, receiving his degree. You look at the offense, you look at the who you bring, you bring in Tyler Scott, you bring, you, you, you bring in a lot of things to help Justin Fields. How it feels now, now it's now or never. You think back to uh, last year in my, in my, not my neck of the woods, it was, oh my gosh, it's Jalen Hurts now or never a year. For us, now it's Justin Fields and now or never a year, I think. 100%. Absolutely. It is now or never. Uh, Justin Fields supporters, if he doesn't come through, will tell you that they didn't do enough, which. I mean, or that Claypool was a bad addition or blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Poles has now answered every question that Bears fans have asked for, right? Get him more weapons. He went out and got more weapons. Uh, whether or not you think Claypool is fantastic or not, DJ Moore is legit. He's at least a top 15 receiver in this league. Uh, he went out and signed Robert Tunyon. Whether or not you think he's, you know, Phenomenal. He's still solid. The guy's got amazing hands. Uh, and then he drafted Tyler Scott. We'll see how he turns out. He's uh, he can open. He could take the top off. He could open it up. We'll see. Um, At the very least, he's Mooney insurance, right? If or if one right. of his receiver gets hurt, you're hoping right. Scott is. Uh, you know, Scott can step in instead of you know one receiver going down, and we're back to where we were last year. So and as much capital. As much people as much as people want to complain about the capital of Vilas Jones, he started to come on last year, and he if he contributes to the offense, I don't really care where we drafted him. Would I go back and like make it a fifth rounder? Sure, but I'm not. You know, I don't have a DeLorean that travels through time, and <laughs> I can't uh, tell the future of what Vilas Jones is going to be. But I still think that he had a solid end to his his season last year. So. Yeah, I think it is definitely time to see where Fields is at. Hopefully, he makes a very large jump this year. Joe, just like you mentioned, similar to uh, Jalen Hurts last year and similar to Josh Allen when the Bills added Stephon Diggs. Not saying that you know all things are equal, but that's the kind of production jump we're looking for with Justin. 
And Chris, to your point about Vilas Jones and what Ryan Poles did, I mean, if you look at the way, I mean, honestly, here we are two years later and this kind of slow method, methodological approach is uh, methodical. Methodical. Yeah. That's, that's the word you were looking for. for. I, yeah. I think I combined mythological and uh, methodical. <laughs> Myth- <laughs> mythological. Mythical. Yep. That was hard. Um, anyway. I mean, he, he put multiple field stretchers around fields, which is field's greatest strength, you know, throwing the deep ball. So if that's what Vilas gives you and that's what Tyler Scott gives you and that's what Mooney gives you, I mean, they really did a good job, I think, putting weapons around field to accentuate strengths. I think this offense will be more fun to watch. They gave him two new linemen this year. And, and honestly, I, I mean, I as a whole, I like the approach of really not spending – too much money or assets on specific guys. He still has multiple first next year. So really, I mean, if, if this fields thing doesn't work out, which I don't think any of us think, I mean, the bears are in a good spot next year to uh, do what they need to do in the first round. If they have to go QB or whatever. So, um, but I am, uh, I am so confident in Justin Fields being good this year. I really do think he's uh, poised for that leap and, Polls put the Bears in a good position one way or the other. Okay, so if he is in that MVP conversation and he does have that make year as we're all hoping, does that change the conversation, the question that we just had about Bears co- the, the, the Bears' competitiveness? Uh, yeah, if he's, if he's that good. I mean, the Bears should definitely win probably anywhere from seven to nine games if he's that, that good. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm The defense that. is still absolutely terrible. Is it? But an MVP, yes. an MVP level quarterback can elevate you. Now that's that's a huge ask. I mean, he, he can take a leap and still not be an MVP. He can't get sacks on the other quarterback unless we're playing two way football now. No, but 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 I would contend that you've really beefed up the pass defense. Maybe yes. maybe it's my rose colored glasses, but I think uh, Tremaine Edmonds becomes a, a nice coverage linebacker. I like Brisker and Gordon in their second year. Stevenson, you don't know what you're going to get yet with him, but you you drafted two corners. You you beefed up the pass defense. You've you, you've kicked our guy twenty two down 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 the depth chart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but if you're not getting like, listen, we talked about this. I what two maybe two seasons ago where sacks are often a coverage game as opposed to an edge uh, rusher making that big of a difference. But these guys can't cover forever. These guys can't cover forever is my point. Um, And and somebody's going to have to bring the pressure. There's nobody on the Bears' current team that had more than like five sacks, and that was Brisker. That's not good. We're putting a lot of pressure on young guys too. I mean, we're putting a lot of pressure on Dexter slash Pickens to – to be pretty solid year one and same with Stevenson. Um, and then we don't, I mean, Kyler Gordon played better. We still don't really know what he is totally, especially in the slot. So there's definitely some questions on the defense. I, I get you totally, Chris. I'm just saying it. If fields is MVP level, good MVP level. Good is just like, yeah, no, ele- like, elevating your team to absurd heights. But I mean, I guess my po- yeah, said it on, on Hogan Johns that 11 is probably the top of, the very best scenario. I'd wins. faint with 11 wins. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be great. That would be insane. I don't, <laughs> I, 
I, I would probably say probably an under 10% chance that happens. <laughs> well, that's like, that's probably, I mean, that's just in that MVP level, you know, instantly the, the defense connecting is good. with DJ Moore and the defense being it's pretty solid, serviceable, serviceable. 15 to serviceable. Tw- I say 15 to 20. Right. It's a lot of things were, that have to go. They right, were basically. like 32 last year. They were stuck. Yeah. I'm still not completely sold on Allen Williams either as a coordinator, but um, we'll see. Maybe with more players, he will uh, look better. I mean, just like Justin, man, well, how can you judge him based on what he's yeah. got to work with? True. You know, very true. Um, so do you guys think that the plan with Justin changes much in terms of you know, because like, okay, so after the mini buy last year, we saw the offense completely change, right? From a drop back game to more Justin getting out, Justin running a lot more, the run game being much more dominant. Do you think we s- still see mostly that with more of a drop back game mixed in? Or do you think they come out and try to do what they did at the beginning of last year and still mix in the, the Justin run? for a 60-yard touchdown offense? I think they have to kind of stick with the offense that they had at the end of last year and just add more of a drop-back game to them just because I think that's what fits Justin better. Um, I mean, I don't really think they're a pure drop-back offense as it is, and they're going to be – I mean, I've said this before. I still think they're going to be among the league leaders in rushing. So I think – very similar to what we saw at the end of last year, just a, a run first, run heavy team, but with more drop back concepts involved. Um, but I don't ever think they'll be purely what we saw at the beginning of last year. I just don't. I don't think that really plays to this offensive strengths. And even though the offensive line is improved, it's still probably not going to be great. I mean, it, it it'll be serviceable to to do some more drop back concepts, but. Not I mean, now that he has a guy that can actually get open in the first ten yards, I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. It'll it'll really improve everything, you know. And there's nothing wrong with having a very multiple offense. I mean, that's totally cool. Keep the defense no. off guard. Absolutely. No. It makes it impossible to guard. Yeah. I mean, you got to worry about fields. You got to worry about multiple running backs, and now you have to worry about DJ Moore on the outside. It it really should be a nightmare for other teams and make Luke Getzey's job a lot easier. How, how confident are you guys in the running game with uh, with Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, and whatever else kind of shakes out uh, behind him? Man, I mean, don't forget, like, people are in love with the Dante Foreman signing. Like, some are calling yeah. him better than, better than, uh, than Demo. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy these three. Uh, and that's what I was kind of alluding to with like Roshan come mid season. If he's more getting more of the carries than Herbert or, or Foreman, or, you know, how, if they're only mixing Herbert in, you know, 10% of the time, and then the other 90% is taken up by uh, Foreman and, and, and Johnson, or if they do like a 33% split between all of them, it'll be really interesting. I think this run game is going to be as good, if not better than last year. Yeah. I'm Joe. I would, I am a betting man, but if you could bet on this, I would bet on the bears being a top five rushing offense. Definitely. Especially with fields. I mean, they have four really, really good runners and um, 
I guess if I had a, a way to describe the Bears' backfield, I would say um, a fantasy player's worst nightmare. It's I just, like how you're you gonna said see the, runners, yes. Lucas, and not running backs. Runners. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. not calling Justin a running back. So well, good job. I'm uh, also expecting Roshan to maybe take some snaps at QB, like Joe said, but not throw it. Wildcat runs. It maybe. Take some runs that way. But dude, yeah, they, no, I think uh, I look, I'm first not time gonna, you throw the ball, I'm I'm I'm, te- I'm calling you Chris. Well you call me Chris actually you don't call me Chris all the time. You call me Krogman, so that's fine. Uh I'm gonna pick up the phone and I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna say, Did you see Roshan Johnson throw that little three yard out? They need to line Velas Jones up in the backfield more. That guy's yeah. sick with the ball in his hands. Very good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, this offense could be very, very dangerous. Uh, so we'll see how Luke Getze uses everybody next year. Hopefully the route concepts and everything kind of match the talent and the game plan matches the talent. I think we have a, a very solid coaching staff. I thought Getze did a great job last year, especially, you know, completely changing the offense in pretty much 10 days to something that worked and scored points. So I, I'm very optimistic for how the offense can, can go. The sky is the limit, man. I mean, r- truthfully, really, if the bears, it's another thing that can give the bears a lot of wins. I mean, if they somehow, you know, round together a top 10 offense, um, you know, they'll be, it's just the way to win in the modern NFL. So. Well, that's why I'm so optimistic and why I'm wanting you guys to kind of slow me down because that's what y'all are here for. I see. I say Vegas lines at seven and a half. What if it all works? What if the offensive line, what if we got the right pieces, fields is right? Like, what if it all just clicks and works? And what that seal, you know, I I think that ceiling can make us uh, competitive in the north to win the division. Yeah, I think the North is wide open, to be honest with you. Like, I don't. If you're going to say the Lions are the favorite, I mean, they might be the favorite. They probably are the favorite on paper. But anytime you just say those words in a sentence, you know the NFC North is wide open. That's what I'm saying. They have to show us. They have a a very good team, and they have to show us. For sure. Should we jump into this rookie minicamp? Yeah, yeah, we can dive into that. Uh, Chris is on top of the reporting from the mini camps. I know you dug up some good stuff today. Um, what do we? Uh, what did our friend Courtney Cronin give us on some of the the players we're about to talk about? Courtney Cronin, so, I love you. I mean, Courtney is a phenomenal reporter. Uh, my favorite thing that I did here is that she called Tyler Scott a fifth-round draft pick <laughs> uh, when he was, in fact, a fourth-round draft pick, and he corrected her, which I think is fantastic. So already like that guy. Uh, sounds like – That's okay, Courtney. I forgive you. Everybody that you know spoke to the media, including coaches, uh, you know, all the players sounded like – they, they had good presence, I guess, at the podium. Uh, Darnell Wright talked about how he's excited to, you know, make the team. That's his first goal, first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> hey, at least he's at least he knows he's starting from the bottom. Now he's here. Uh, he's going to lose a little bit of weight. 
which I think we knew. Um, yeah, no, he 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 literally said, "I don't really feel any different. I'm trying to still make the team." Know what I mean? So, direct <laughs> quote: If you want to laugh at that six five, three hundred and thirty five pound man, you go right ahead, Joseph. I'm laughing at you, Darno. That's cute. I think you've That's, made the uh, team. Now, now, are you guys at all worried about? Do you think the weight loss has any bearing on how he'll perform? Like, are we worried that? Maybe his anchor strength won't be as good or something, or no worries at all. Just kind of no, an it'll NFL be, functional it'll be, thing. It'll be lean mass. I mean, he'll he'll drop the fat and be just as strong, if not stronger. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not really worried at all about him. And even if he does, let's say he loses a little strength in the anchor, you can always go back. You can always pat it back on. That's true. Um, one thing that Courtney didn't have, but I heard I heard about it anyway. Is and and this is. The hot topic, right, is Jervon Dexter and his uh, get off. His get off, which I don't really like <laughs> calling it that, but it, it is a weird better, term. <laughs> there's not a better way to say that. Uh, his snap reaction time, um, yeah, his penetration get off. Whoa. Anyway, whoa, so whoa, whoa, whoa. The uh, it was addressed. Uh, how was it? Oh, god dang it. Now I forget his name. I want to say Howard Hughes, but that's that's not right. Um, Herb Howard, thank you. Herb Howard figured it out. Uh, he asked straight up, so, hey, Jervon, your get-off in college sucked. What's up with that? And uh, Dexter you know, said, go back and look at my sophomore, junior tape. It's a lot different. Uh, I, was asked to be do, I was asked to do different things, or maybe he said freshman, sophomore tape, but that he was very excited to be in the Bears' gap style defense where he will live in the backfield uh so i guess out at rookie mini camp he did look faster off the ball it wasn't as fast as like zach pickens but uh it was still solid are you guys is this like how concerned are you about this i think it's the reason he fell to the second round seven out of ten Wow. Yes. I wow. think it can make it make or break his career. If he can't get off the line of scrimmage, then you're you're asking I mean, you're asking him to fight off professional offensive linemen from a yard or two by you know, for, for, after they've already gotten into him by a yard or so. Right. Uh, so, I, I guess my question is like Let's okay, so let's not say it's the best get off on the planet like his freshman and sophomore year, and it's not the worst, like his junior and senior year or whatever. If it's somewhere in the middle, is he okay? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something you can learn. I think it's something you can continue to learn and work on through your career. I mean, it's just well, like Dan Hampton said how the same would you thing. work on hand-eye coordination? Yeah, yeah. It's something that you line up in a, in a stance, you, you set – a coach has a ball on a stick and he moves the ball and he see how quickly you can get up. Well, you, you've seen it. The defensive line coach yeah, standing there, he's got the ball on a stick. It's the fake snap and you just react to the ball moving. That's all you got to do. And, and just, well, Joe, something, I mean, I didn't really believe in this too much either about the, uh, the kind of read and react defense, but if you go watch his tape, he doesn't even look at the ball. Like his, He's basically just mirroring the guard, so just moving on the guard's movement, which is a little bit crazy to me. I didn't even realize that guys didn't watch that. Like that was 
a thing. So I want to I want to raise my hand on that one because I'm Go gonna ahead. call total fucking bullshit. Like we did, did the you, same thing in high school. Too? We did the same. No, we did this, but we did the same type of shit in high school where we mirrored the offensive guard. You stared at his helmet right in the middle. You know it says Rydell or Riddell or however you want to pronounce it. As soon as that thing moved one way or the other, you fucking fought to that gap as fast as you could. Like that's just as fast as watching the ball. Like that cannot be your your uh, your excuse. Like that seems silly to me, unless you're unless you're saying mirroring the guard means something completely different than what I just described. No, what I think is bad coaching. You should be able to watch. You should be able to watch the ball and have your eyes on your key, especially at the line of scrimmage. I think you should ha- be able to see the ball out of the corner of your eye and keep your eye yes. on your man. Okay. Yes, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah, either I way, know. either way, I never stared at the ball. That's I think that's terrible. Um. Because your guy's gonna blast you in the face in that one second. Um, no, I don't. I don't like that excuse. I do. I do think that he can improve it. Let's see, like what the kid's worth, work ethic, and all of that is. Uh, I wouldn't imagine that. You know, Flus and and uh, Poles would, you know, blatantly go out and get a guy that wasn't willing to work on his. Negative traits. Um, If they're solely betting on his athletic ability, then I mean, shit, dude, we all did mock drafts based on relative athletic score. Any of us could have done just as well if that's all we're betting on. Uh, So I hope that it's, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, and I think something that's come up a lot too, um, especially in polls is drafts and a lot of the I guess feedback from Dexter and Pickens is that those two dudes absolutely love playing football. And when you have guys or yeah, when you have guys are that dedicated to the craft and and love the game that much, you are really hoping, you know, if they're that athletic, that they are going to keep working relentlessly to, to keep bettering themselves. So, I mean, that's the hope. Um, Chris, I know you talked about this earlier and I know they're saying they want all these guys to be interchangeable, but I do see Dexter having more of a home as like a one technique as opposed to a three. But that's going to change depending on like which side is the strong side, right? I mean, they could. Yeah, I mean, motion can change it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it always will. But I'm just saying, I think more of like an Eddie Goldman type player for him is what I see as opposed to. He's so much taller, though. He's yeah. so much more I, athletic. I, mean, I just think he's going to be a ridiculous run stuffer, like at the very least. Um, and, and Joe, to your point, I mean, maybe that's not flashy. That's muted to my ears. Maybe he's not getting a ton of sacks, but if we have a big, big boy there eating up blocks and, and that's what I'm hoping that uh, Andrew Billings can do as well for us this year. But I do think there's uh, more pass rush upside with Pickens. I would say in known passing situations, though, Dexter is going to. Do well for a one tech, I guess, is the point. If you have Pickens and Dexter coming at you on third and long, I think that that's a that's what you're looking for. That's what we're hoping for is that both of them can can get home up the middle. As far as Zach Pickens goes, he was the comedian of the group over the weekend. <laughs> uh, 
Courtney asked him about his weight being down at the combine. And Zach said, well, I lost weight to look faster and run faster, Courtney. So that's why I was lighter. And he is back up to his close to his playing weight of 305. Uh, so nothing to worry about there. But he is he's a fun gentleman. Uh, so looking forward to kind of hearing him if he uh, speaks to the media much. but. Uh, Dexter and Pickens were on the same kind of pro tour, it seemed like, as they often found themselves in the same airport, uh, you know, visited a lot of the same teams. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be I mean, they kind of got to know each other already. So it'll be cool to see them as teammates uh, kind of pushing each other and driving each other to, to be to be good. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with either of those two tackles? I mean, I, I, I think do you, would you say either one is your, your early pick to have a better career? Hmm. That's tough. Actually. <laughs> uh, I like Dexter. I know. I know. Even though he's by seven out of 10, I said, uh, concerned about his get off. I like Dexter. I, Cause I think, the athleticism is there, and you just coach up a little bit of his traits, coach coach his eyes. I'm reading. Um, now I'm reading. This is uh, who is this? This is Lake. This is Josh Schrock from uh, NBCSports.com is uh, writing about how they really um, tweaked his 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 stance right there in the first weekend. Uh, adjusting some of his weight uh, in his stance. And, and, and I think that, uh, okay, for us, here he goes. For us, my main thing is to keep it as simple as possible. I want to see what they can do. Uh, I don't want to try to give them too much information than what they can remember. I want to see what you can do. I think the first day you saw a little bit of what he's done for three, four years in high school and at Florida now, we're getting to him We're getting him to understand. Number one, how do we get aligned? What's the stance? Where's the weight? Is it in the heels or in the hands? And then how are we getting off? Uh, so basically, they spent it seems like a good bit a, a good bit of time uh, tweaking some some basics for him. I wonder if you, if you give him some real some pro coaching to, and, and really give him the uh, the tools, if that athleticism doesn't just make him pop as a real big time football player. Lucas, yeah, I mean that was uh that was that was a good quote, Joe. Was that that was from uh what was his name again? Uh, the writer was Josh Schrock, but the, uh, the, yeah. the defensive line after defensive line, the defensive line coach, uh, Smith it's coach Smith. I don't have a first. Uh, yeah, I don't Travis, have... Smith. Travis Smith. Gotcha. Yeah. So Chris, the initial question is which one do you think will be, uh, be better right off the bat? No, better career, better career, man. That's tough. I, I like, I like both of them. Um, I know that's not a good answer. Pickens has been my guy from the start, so I'll go with him. But I'm rooting for Dexter hard now that Bears fans are doubting him. I, I Dexter's been my dude from jump. I've liked that guy's um, athleticism and, and build yeah. from the beginning of the process. Not that I have that much of a process. Don't uh, don't attack me on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know shit. Uh, so cool. Moving on to Tyreek Stevenson. I know we're a little bit out of order as far as the draft order goes, but uh, Tyreek was praised for picking up the uh, picking up the defense rather quickly. Uh, Kyler, like last year, it was Kyler Gordon jumping out of his shoes or whatever. Remember, and JJ was getting all the freaking negative press. 
during these mini camps. But that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, St- Stevenson, you know, he's long. He plays tough. He's uh, I, I think vinegar in his veins is something somebody said. Uh, so he's uh, I think he's going to be a good addition. I think there, this was a very good cornerback draft. Overall, yeah. uh, Stevenson was never a guy I looked at previous to the Bears taking him. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he seems like he's gonna he's gonna be fine. Um, and he there's another story with him and Tyler Scott that they actually competed against each other in the Peach Bowl during the 2020 season when uh, Stevenson was at Georgia. And he covered Tyler Scott. Joe, since you are the SEC guru, can you recall that game and how well Tyler Scott did versus our boy Stevenson? <laughs> when was this? 26 or tw- 2020. 2020 Peach Bowl? No. Yeah, I don't I didn't even really know he was at Georgia until the reports came out. Yeah, I don't. I didn't, I didn't apparently, he up. apparently he got into like a little thing with Kirby Smart because he didn't want to play the star position. Yeah, he wanted um, to be outside, so he moved to Miami. He is. I think there was a. Wasn't there more to it than that? Like he, like he's from South Florida, and, and his mom told him she wanted him to go away from home or something like that. Yeah, and then I'm to pretty get sure the experience. He went, he went back to Miami and he got in a bar fight or something crazy. So uh, uh, that scrappy. Hit, hit, yeah, his backstory is a little interesting because uh, we 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 think Poles doesn't like the character flags, but he's bringing in a guy that's transferring. So he was getting into it with the coach and getting in bar fights. So we'll see. But I have that is Chris. That is funny. You said that some people are like, yeah, if there's one position you want to get in a bar fight, it's a cornerback. You want them to do scrappy as hell. That's right. That's right. Get the get your, get, your like that. get your hands on them, dudes. I mean, he's got them long-ass arms. It's probably hard to fight. Tyler Scott had one reception for four yards in that Woo! game. Now, that's probably a horrible matchup for Scott because Scott is tiny. People are – that was another Stevenson thing that came out. Had was, three uh, solo tackles and one pass defense in that ballgame. How that's small Tyler game. Scott is. That's a good game for – I mean, it doesn't mean he was on him the entire time either. Sure, I mean, sure. You know, but that's not a good game for Scott. By any means, <laughs> no. you know, who would have been his quarterback, Joe? His quarterback, Tyler Scott, was it Desmond Ritter? It was. I was going to say Ritter. Ritter. So I thought it would have been Ritter. Yeah. Ritter was 24 of 37, 206 yards and two touchdowns that night. That's not phenomenal, but it is Georgia. So yeah, they lost 24 to 21. Oh, that was a tough game, though. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then you remember Georgia basically has gone undefeated since that game. Yeah. Yeah, geez. Um not a whole lot from Roshan Johnson. I don't know yeah. if he or Courtney doesn't have anything on him. I can't remember off the top of my head if he did speak to the media, but the coaches spoke to the media quite a bit, including both coordinators. Uh actually it was only the coordinators, all three coordinators. Joe, you got that uh that clip of uh, John Fox ready? I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm not the defensive coordinator. Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson had my job in uh, 
Roshan Johnson's out there having what I did in seven on sevens. Personal protector. Pat pass protecting the air on routes that I didn't run. <laughs> Such stupid. Uh, they did. I think the co- there was a coach comment about Roshan that he's going to probably be a four phase special teamer. Uh, Johnson's totally good with that as well. Uh, so we need special teams players, and he's low tread on the tires. So, yeah, I mean, Roshan, it'll be good. We had Roquan. Now we got Roshan. Man, mm. that's going to be hard. Not really. Uh, so Luke Getty spoke, had some good things to say about Darnell Wright at the Senior Bowl because he – Coached him there, told Wright the hardest thing about coming to the NFL was um, that that offensive line was the hardest position to come into the NFL uh, and produce right away. So, uh, but that Darnell Wright held his own as far as you know how he responded to the the types of you know comments that Getzi made and just how he. Uh, carried himself so it's just uh, he said he's a natural and that I mean he's just uh, what did they what is that quote oh you can tell this guy is a man of the right stuff right stuff he's got the right stuff I hope they say that about me one day he's built with the right stuff built with the right stuff Uh, Getsy Said it's too soon to determine the roles with the wide receivers. It'll play itself out. Last year, with all the different sets of starting lineups they had to go through, uh, hopefully they won't have to do that. So it sounds like once he figures it out, uh, that's going to be what it is. Uh, He also thinks Justin Fields is light years ahead of where he was last year. Hopefully, he should be. Uh, Getting the team around him better, all of us being together for another year in continuity. Is the communication and the communication that he and I have. Um, I can't. I, I I I hope Justin takes a big leap. You know, I'm tired of not having a quarterback. I mean, good God, dude. we all are. This is like <laughs> we had bro, a quarterback. His name was Jay Cutler. I'm forty. Almost forty-four years old. I will be forty-four before the next season. I. I'm tired of this. This is gross. Jay Cutler, you had Jay Cutler. He's a great quarterback. He was all right. He's currently the Bears' best quarterback post-merger. But Justin needs to shatter all that shit. Um, what else What else do we have from OTAs? That's, that should be most of it, right? Well, can I throw a, a funny? It's not a Bears related, but since we're talking about a pass relating, uh, you know, we want our passer, our passing game to do well. Was it Lamar Jackson who said they were going to throw for six thousand yards this season? Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, go go, LJ. Let's see what you got. <laughs> uh, only other interesting note from the coaches. Well, actually. Chris Morgan had a few interesting notes. Darnell Wright was the only offensive lineman that the Bears did a private workout with, which is, I don't understand that. Like, I guess if you bring them in for a 30 visit, that doesn't necessarily mean that you work them out. No, no, no. They went to Knoxville and private work, worked them out, didn't they? Oh, is that what they're, yep. is that what that's saying? 
They kicked his ass in Knoxville, apparently. <laughs> no, I know they kicked his ass. I just didn't know where that happened. I, I yeah, thought it was that a was private workout. Okay. That would be um, crazy if they did that during a visit. He said keeping Braxton Jones at left tackle is good for you know his growth, development, and staying on the same side. He said the battle for center is going to be a good one. Ryan Poles is comfortable with either Whitehair or Patrick. But Morgan also threw out Doug Kramer and Dieter Iceland as players with center experience. Kramer, our Iowa buddy, off the ACL injury. Dude, oh, I cannot believe Dieter Iceland is still on this freaking team, dude. Still coming out of their mouth. Like, it's just ridiculous that he's still on this team to me. Yeah, like, I would, he was a practice squad player for so long. I would really like to see the Bears bring in one, maybe two vet linemen just to compete. See what happens. Offensive lineman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, both sides, actually. How many well, defensive ends would you bring in? Would you just sign one, or would you you know, sign two out of the three you named, or is there another one out there? I don't think there's any harm bringing in two, but I don't see them bringing in more than one, to be honest. Unless these guys are looking for multiple-year deals, maybe that could be the hang-up. Yeah, I mean, uh, Robert Mays mentioned that they'll do it in the next couple of months, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's like it's almost like the uh, who's the guard they signed Ron, really late? Riley Reef. No, no, no. The guard uh, Sh- Sh- Schofield. Schofield. Yeah, yeah. Sch- they signed Schofield really late. Uh, so, I mean, I guess patience is a virtue, and we'll have to wait and see if they sign Yannick or or Clowney. I don't, I don't know. Yannick makes sense to me, but. Yeah, Clowney is. Just, I don't know if Clowney's the type of guy they would want, and he doesn't really rush the passer. So, Clowney literally told him to like take him out of the game last year for some reason. He told the Browns to not play him. I I don't know. That ain't the kind of guy I want on my team. Yeah, especially when we're rebuilding, trying to create culture. Did he have a dental appointment or something? I don't know. I, he I likes his why. teeth. Maybe dental appointment know. on a Sunday. I don't think so. Well, he's an NFL player. He has a private dentist that just, you know, stays in his guest house. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, that's it as far as uh, as far as rookie minicamp goes. Uh, did anybody figure out when veteran minicamp is? Yeah, I, I looked on the website. There was a bunch of different dates, but I'm pretty sure it's in mid-June. Mid-June. Like the second week of June. So roughly a month away. All right. I think the signing will probably occur after that because I think generally after the veteran camp and after the June first cuts because they're probably they have to wait for teams to see who they're going to cut. I mean, Carl Lawson's a name that's been thrown out there. I don't really know where that came from, by the way. The Packers, I mean, the Jets still have ten million dollars in cap space. It happened be it happened before the Rodgers thing, and well, people like were all saying that, all the people cap manipulation happened with the Rodgers move. I I don't know why people like he's literally on the Jets book for 1.2 million. I don't know what the hell they did to his contract or what he agreed to, but Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The Carl Lawson thing came out well before the Rodgers trade. That was at least oh, 2 weeks yeah. before that. Yeah, people kept doubling down on it. Then I kept seeing like even oh. some of the cap guys like Brad after the Rodgers trade was like, "Oh, maybe Lawson will be cut." And I looked and they still have room and I don't know. I, I don't know. The cat sounds, like sounds like you don't know, Lucas. 
Well, I just don't know where they're getting that they need to move on from because they still have room. I don't know. It's a myth. I, I haven't heard anything uh, official. But yeah, June 1st will be an interesting interesting time. See if uh, see if they, any big cuts happen for sure. And if the Bears scoop up any of those cuts. How does it work? Does it, like, do those guys go on waivers? They have- I think they do. No. There's that first waiver. For, do they go? Forever. Do they, they might go on waivers. I don't know. Is it like fantasy football where if you drop someone, they go to waivers before free agency? You got to wait two days to sign them. And <laughs> yeah. Take you got to put your claim into the NFL office. Well, and you got to use your fab. You got to use your fab dollars in order to, uh, to sign them. So. The Bears have a lot of fab dollars. They have 32 million fab dollars to be exact. Yeah, but there's there's got to be an extension or two coming. Yeah, the C-Met. C-Met, and I think Jalen gets extended. I'm still holding out hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see who will get that. I mean, in theory, they should give out two extensions, but, I mean, they really might play the wait-and-see game with both Mooney, Claypool, or... Mooney Claypool and Johnson I actually might all play the wait and see game with. So you get this. Um, I'm trying to look at our 2023 opponents because we have our schedule release coming out. Where is it? Well, we got the Packers twice. We got the Lions twice. We got the Vikings two times on the schedule. All right, Luke, and the, two Lambo. All right, and Lucas, who else we got? Uh, with the 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 other home games this year, so we got Lions, Packers, Vikings. Then we got the Falcons at home, the Panthers at home. That's the game I'm circling on my calendar. Hopefully, it's early in the year and on a Sunday at one. We got the Broncos at home, the Raiders at home, and the Cardinals at home. On the road, we got Lions, Packers, Vikings. We played the Chiefs who uh, was supposed to be or rumored to be uh, the game in Germany this year. Uh, But supposedly NFL teams can decide if they're playing the international game, they can decide one opponent they don't want to play there. So the Chiefs chose the Bears, supposedly according to Peter King, I'm guessing because Kansas City wants the revenue from Bears fans. Um, So that'll be interesting to see if that's in Germany or in Kansas City. And then outside of the Chiefs, they have Chargers, Saints, Buccaneers, Commanders, and Browns on the road. Ooh, Saints on the road. I can get down to that. No, Joe. You're going to go to Soldier Field this year and meet us out there because you missed out last year. Mm, yeah. What, which, what, 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 are you, what, are you, what are you thinking? September. Time frame. Not September. in December. Yeah, September. early. Was it too cold for you? I was fine with it, but it was too close to the holiday, and yes, other people were complaining. Oh, uh, not real Bears fans. I am. That's I really do. A, that's such a silly thing. I don't care. Yeah, it's too cold. So what? I live in the cold. I don't want to go to the cold. The fuck? I'm not saying. Do that? I mean, I I had fun. I don't care. Um, I'm just I'm anyway, talking to Joe. The I think the Panthers game would probably be the sickest home game to see, but really depends on when that falls. Oh, shit. Bryce Young, baby. Hey, Bryce Young, and we have to root everything in our body against him to lose. I hope Bryce goes 0-16 this year. Sorry, buddy. I I took the under on all the Bryce Young props, and I'm really hoping <laughs> Andy Dalton starts the year. 
Bryce, Bryce, baby. Boom, 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 bada, boom, boom. He, he's throwing the concrete shoe stealing and um, Jonathan Mango. Those are going to be great weapons for him. Really, yep. really first rate. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a run first, second, and third. Third down type of team. We'll see, though. Hopefully all our wishes can come true for the schedule release. You guys got anything else? I think we covered I, a whole lot of ground. I do not. Um, yeah, we are definitely in the slow part of the news cycle, or will be very soon. So, Lucas, are we going to drop an episode next week for the folks? Huh. Yeah, we should go over the schedule. We should go over the schedule like go we do. over the schedule. And we can talk about the other NFC North drafts. Oh, um, yeah. How did our yeah, foes yeah, yeah. do? The Vikings, yeah. the Lions, and the Packers. Oh, my. Oh, my. That's a good idea, Lucas. We will see you next week. And, Joe, we'll serenade you out of here. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.